Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Radio 93.7 The Fan. It's the Fan Evening Show. Josh Taylor here till 1030. Talked a little bit of football in the first hour of the show. In this hour of the show, we will talk a little bit more football in about 20 minutes it's my favorite segment. It's your favorite segment. It's Bill Steinbach's favorite segment. College football remix. We do that in 20 minutes. Then 20 minutes after that, Alan Saunders covers the Steelers for Steelers. Now, he will join me as well. However, I will tell you this now. This will be my favorite baseball segment of the show because my buddy Alex Stump is here. Well, not here physically, but he's joining me in just a couple moments. He covers the Pirates for DK Pittsburgh Sports, and he joins me right now. One ninety three seven. The fan, Alex, my friend. Good evening. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. And you know what? This is my favorite baseball segment I'm doing today too. <laughs> I love it. Excellent. Um, let Let's get into this here. I, I want to start with this particular conversation because it was something that kind of started on Twitter, but I still find it to be relevant because we we saw the announcement for the baseball Hall of Fame ballot. And the the early the early candidates and it it's it felt like to me if, I think it felt like to me the same way it felt to you where you you see the eight player contemporary baseball era committee ballot and you look at it and you're going wait a minute these are some of the same suspects here Barry Bonds Roger Clemens Rafael Palmero Kurt Schilling and you keep asking yourself why why do we keep having to go through this over and over again. And I thought you and I both had great descriptions of this. I called it the Summer of All Fears ballot. You called it the real Kang versus Kodos ballot. Then I called it a real love you but not in love with you ballot. We really came <laughs> with a lot of different inconvenient tags for this ballot. But I, I, I know why I'm not a fan of it. But you go ahead and break down why this ballot is as frustrating to you as it is to me. It's frustrating because this is year 11. <laughs> That we've had to deal with Bonds and Schilling and Clemens. Oh my! I I just don't have it in me anymore, Josh. I just don't. I I'm glad it's out of the BBWAA's hands. That you know, like okay, well, I don't know. Maybe the committee will be like, you know, it is it is ridiculous that the guy with the most home runs in baseball history is not in the Hall of Fame. The guy with the most Cy Youngs is not in the Hall of Fame. If one of the you know most clutch pitchers of all time is not in the Hall of Fame. The three of them deserve to be in from a pure baseball standpoint. And look, it is the Baseball Hall of Fame. We can get into the morality of some of the people who are already in there if, if, right. if they, you know, meet the character clause in general. But I'm just, I don't got it in me anymore, man. Like I, I am bone dry, and this is kind of terrifying. 
wondering, okay, are they going to get in? And, you know, this past decade was just a decade of grief for nothing. Or are they not going to get in? And we're just, for the rest of our lives, going to have to periodically have to hear, okay, Barry Bonds is on a different committee's ballot again. Let's see if this time he gets in. On top of that, I mean, outside of this stress of, of hearing the Bonds and Schilling and Clemens discussion over and over again, let's bring this down maybe a tier. Because you also have guys like Fred McGriff and Dale Murphy who, for some odd reason, kind of sit there on the fringe and never find their way in. And I'm sitting there going, wait, if you're not going to put these guys that did all these things but also did things you didn't like in, what about these other guys who may not have done as much as that previous group but still did a lot to earn their way in and were also likable guys in, and you're not putting them in either? So where is the line drawn to as to, to ascertain who actually does get in? So when you see this contemporary baseball era committee ballot – I'm wondering if this is like, I don't want to call it a last ditch effort, but maybe this is a chance to say, you know what, let's find the better way to do this. Because right now you can find a reason for not none of these eight guys to be in. But Alex, I'm trying to figure out why these other guys like Murphy and McGriff can't get in when you're not putting Bonds and Schilling and Clemens in. It makes no sense to me. Crime Dog needed to be in the Hall of Fame yesterday. Yes. Like it, it is. Yes. It, like, okay, this is the one that actually gets me the most upset because 94 strike happened. He misses 60 or so games right there because of the strike between them and 95. He's seven home runs away from 500. Yes. If he, if he got 500 with a clean, you know, record, it wouldn't have even been a thought. He would have, you know, been in the Hall of Fame. But no, because he was quite literally like one really good week away from 500 homers, he never got like any serious consideration. I don't know. I've got a disproportionate amount of my baseball sanity hinging on Fred McGriff getting into the Hall of Fame this time. Like, if I see no Bonds, no Clemens, like, none of them, but Fred McGriff gets in, I could be like, okay, there's that's at least something. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yeah, there, I there's, can, you I feel can, like there's hope, right? I can right? cling on to that. Right, there's a, there's a little bit of hope left to be, to be uh, hung on to. But no, I'm in the same boat there. It, that's just one of those things I'm going, okay, well, if you're not putting these guys in, you're not putting these guys in, then, then what are we doing? Why even have this and why go through this whole rigmarole? And we haven't even looked at yeah. the, you know, the, the, you know, the general ballot that's going to come out here next year because that becomes a whole other conversation in and of itself. I want to switch over to the Pirates. They made a move today. They claimed an outfielder off of waivers from the Rockies. It, it, it seems like one of those, you know, low-risk, high-reward type moves. But at the same time, Alex, I look at some of the numbers, I look at some of the descriptions, and, and I look at his path and the pedigree, and I'm thinking, I see why Brian, by, by Ben Charrington liked this particular outfielder. But what do you know? Yeah, I mean, the former second-round pick, he has the pedigree, like you said. Before the uh, COVID shutdown, like, he was hitting really well. He just hasn't really gotten into the same groove, you know, once he got up to the upper levels because of it. So maybe that's something you could get, you know, just some fresh voices, some new development in there. 
to go through there. But, yeah, I found it a bit interesting because five people need to be, at the minimum, five people need to be removed from this roster uh, tomorrow. And then all the Rule 5 players, they need to have their decisions done by Tuesday. So it's like there's got to be a lot of culling of this roster as is. Like, interesting guy to bring in a, yeah, sure, whatever type outfielder. If this was August or September, be like, yeah, sure, give him a chance up in the majors. Throw something up, something up against the wall. This, yeah, obviously, opportunity doesn't work like that, and they obviously see something in this young man, but just interesting timing is my point. Ryan Valade is the young man's name. That's one thing I failed to mention. I believe he is 22 years old. Probably should point that out. He's entering his age 23 season. You mentioned the the moves that need to be made with this roster. They got to pare some things down. Plus, the Rule Five draft is coming up here. In your mind, Alex, if you're if you're wearing Ben Sherrington's hat here, which guys are you pairing off of this roster, and which guys do you think need to be protected for for Rule Five? Well, I, I'll, I'll do the who needs to be projected or protected. You know, it's a little more fun that way. Andy uh, <laughs> and Mike Burrows, Andy Rodriguez and Mike Burrows are two top 100 prospects who will be up in the majors next year absolutely need to add after that it becomes kind of interesting like i just made the trip out west here to arizona to talk to blake stable amongst a couple other people someone who's really hit well and kind of overperformed like he's really taken some big steps smart ball player and it's kind of a situation that if the pirates don't add him to the 40-man roster well someone else will they'll, they'll take him in the draft he's got to play the majors somewhere in 2023 so do you keep a guy like that? Do you maybe say, well, we, we're going to have Andy Rodriguez. We're going to have Henry Davis. Do we need a third catcher, a prospect catcher called up? Interesting decision right there to see who goes where. Malcolm Nunez, the big prospect that they got in the Jose Quintana trade, needs to be added. Uh, a couple of relievers, Tanaj Thomas, College Selby. There are some interesting people, and I think this is the first year, really, that whenever it's all said and done, that's like, oh, boy, that player wasn't protected, and then we see them take it at the Rule 5 draft. They got a little lucky maybe last year with some of the decisions that they did make in that, you know, they were able to keep uh, Cal Mitchell because of it, because there was no Rule 5 draft. I think this is the year, unless they just go full-blown youth movement, which doesn't sound like they're going to, it, it's going to – they're going to lose the player to this time. Alex Stump covers the Pirates for DK Pittsburgh Sports. He joins me right now. On well, 93.7 The Fan. I didn't want to bury the lead because, Alex, you're in Vegas at the GM meetings, and I want to get to that in just a second. But I want to get to also, you mentioned you were out in Arizona. You also talked to Henry Davis. And I've looked at Henry Davis' season as kind of like Lemony Snicket's, a, a series of unfortunate events. A guy that gets hit by 20 <laughs> pitches in a season, as I'm sorry, you have the worst luck imaginable. But he actually played pretty well in the Arizona Fall League. He was on that that um that that all-fall league team that played over the weekend. What did you get from Henry Davis about how this season went and his outlook moving forward? I think this, I mean, this is the thing I think you say over the radio instead of to the guy's face, but I, I think he'll probably benefit in the long term, having gone through a season like this. There were definitely a ton of frustrations, and a lot of them are justifiable. Some of it was out of his control. Some of it was, you know, what the Pirates ended up doing him with this year. And... You know, that's that's baseball. That's stuff that he can't control. I think he's been able to accept that a little more because this is someone who, you know, 
hard to believe, whenever he was 15 years old, he was hitting last on his travel ball team. Hmm. And then within like six years, he's the number one overall draft pick. It's like, that's, that's ridiculous. And he did it because he just nonstop work ethic. Let's go. Let's go. I can always get myself better. Well, this is the first time, whatever. It was like, no, it's not always in your control. And I think that is going to make him a richer ball player in the future because he accepts that a little more now. So I, I think 2023 is going to be a big year for him. He is 100% convinced he's going to be in the major league next year. I, I, I agree with him with that. So I, we're going to see him in Pittsburgh sooner rather than later, even after a kind of disappointing 2022. Alex, before I let you go, let's get to the meat of this because you're in Vegas for the GM meetings. You got a chance to hear from Ben Charrington. And one of the positions that came up was first base. And I've been talking about this a lot as far as things that were that are you know positions of need. And first base is one of those things that just like screams at me. And your conversation with Ben Charrington, the conversation that he had, he used the word solve a lot with this position. I wanted to see exactly how this came about in your point of view from what he had to say. Well, I, I, it was one-on-one, and I asked him, like, you know, first base, is this something that you should, you know, you got to go into this offseason targeting someone either through free agency or trade, or is it something that, you know, hey, we have a couple outfielders, we have a couple middle infielders, one of them can learn first base if, you know, that's just how the competition goes out. And the short answer is they're going to look for both. It's way too early in the offseason for him to say, we're going to acquire someone through free agency, and that's it. There's, we're not looking anywhere else. But him using the word solve, like that, that was kind of significant to me. It just, it, it just comes from, you know, having a ton of conversations and getting to know how, you know, he refers to situations. But, like, we bypassed the, you know, there's an opportunity to play here. There's some, you know, there's some room for growth. Just like, no, no, even if he didn't say explicitly problem, same solve <laughs> as, as the verb implies, like, yeah, this was a problem. And it was. You had to go back over 100 years the last time had an OPS among first basemen worse than they did this past year. Mm. Everyone they threw out there did not work out. They cannot do that again in 2023. If for no other reason, then it was as bad a position as, you know, any team in baseball. It's a clear place where they can improve. They're going to look for it. I, I would be encouraged by that. Well, we know the winter meetings are coming up here in less than a month. So they, it, it let's shift gears here. We know first base is clearly a priority because Ben Charrington is hinting as much at it. Any other positions that you think are, are things that they are going to look into, not maybe not necessarily solving, but addressing by any means necessary? Rotation is the next one. It, it's always come up like they're going to add someone to this rotation, and it might actually be multiple pitchers, which hmm. I kind of look at as like, okay, well, you acquired a couple guys, you know, at, at the trade deadline, you know, where does that leave Johan Oviedo? Where does that leave a Bryce Wilson? Where does that leave a Luis Ortiz who, you know, made that cameo at the end of the year, but maybe could use a little more time in AAA? There's, there's some interesting, you know, situations in that rotation. The fact that it could be multiple pitchers, I think is significant. And I think it's also significant that it's probably not going to be two guys on one-year deals. They're going to look multi-year. They're going to look trades. They're going to look different ways, which kind of signals to me if, if they're having those type of conversations is that they're looking for someone to really be part of this rotation for a couple of years. And presumably whenever this rebuild is done and they're a competitive ball club. 
Look forward to having the conversation when we get closer to the winter meetings or maybe even during or after. We'll see how things go. But hopefully we'll do this again soon, Alex. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, man. Thanks. Alex Stump. Covers the Pirates for DK Pittsburgh Sports. I didn't realize he talked to Ben Charrington one-on-one. He got all that stuff himself. You might want to check that out. He got good stuff. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.